The Tom Sumner Program. Old fashioned radio for a new generation. Oh, it's always a pleasure to be with you, John. You know that. Yay, Tom! <laughs> I love it in Flint! You're very astute, Tom. Have an easy question. I'll debate Andy Dillon on your show. Well, oh, that's a very good question. Uh, hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, with Tom Sumner. I'm all right, Tom. How are you? Hey, lucky day, Mr. Ciao, Tom. How are you today? That's a good question. <laughs> Hi, this is actor-comedian Jonah Pody, and you're listening to the Tom Snyder, uh, Tom Smothers. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, what's his name? Uh, Sumner. The Tom Sumner Program. Good morning, Tom. How are you doing? Hey, at least I got the Tom part right. The Tom Sumner Program. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. This is Mayor Sheldon Neely, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Show. And welcome back as we roll into the third half of our three-hour tour known as the Tom Sumner Program. We continue our conversation about the race for mayor of the city of Flint. And we heard earlier from uh, incumbent Mayor Sheldon Neely and former Mayor Karen Weaver, the third person on the uh primary ballot, which is coming up in just a little less than two weeks, is Eric Mays, who joins me by phone. Good morning, Eric. Welcome to the show. Hey, good morning, Tom. How you doing? I'm doing okay. It's good to hear from you. It's good to talk with you. A couple weeks away, they're going to pick the uh, top two. A lot of people are uh, predicting that it's going to be a rematch between Karen Weaver and Sheldon Neely, but do you think... um, with with the times that you've run and uh, um, as well as you've gotten known around the city, do you think it's uh, possible there's going to be a, an upset and turn things uh, around a little differently? Well, Tom, it will be an upset if you keep doing the same thing over and over again. You say a lot of people is predicting a rematch then we'll have a rematch as it relates to public safety, blight, weeds, um, things of that nature. So I'm, I'm, I don't know. I'm running a word-of-mouth campaign. They both probably done spent fifty or 100000 You see signs everywhere. And I'm telling you, I'm running a word-of-mouth campaign. We will get a lot of votes. Councilman Mays, Eric Mays will get a lot of votes. Um, each of us have ran for mayor twice. The, we've got all that in common, but the difference is I've not served as mayor. Um, when the UAW, um, when I was in the UAW, we always said the squeaky wheels get the oil. And so, you know, I'm in it to try to win it. I predict it'll take about three, 4,000 votes apiece to make it through the primary. I'll see if I get to my three or 4,000 votes, and will there be an upset? It's a lot of people telling me, Tom, I'm going to vote Mays. I'm going to vote Mays. Some people saying, I didn't know you was on the ballot. I thought I had a choice only between Neely and Weaver. No, I'm on the ballot. Oh, I'm gonna, you got my vote. So... I don't think a lot of people is just saying that. It's a lot of people fixing the vote maze. We'll see if it's enough. 
Are you are you hearing that in your own ward, or are you hearing that from uh, people in other wards around the city? Because you're on un, you're unbeatable in the first ward, Eric. Everybody knows yeah. that. But how you do, never know. You but, never know. I'm hearing it at the stoplight. Um, I'm hearing it from black, white, young, and old. I'm hearing it in the grocery store. I'm hearing it at the corner store. Um, during the Juneteenth activities, I moved around. I'm at Burston. I'm talking to people. So I'm hearing it on the south side. I'm hearing it on the north side. I'm kind of hearing it all over. But, you know, you can't gauge it when you... I usually get about 1,000, 1,400 votes in my ward. I think you'll need about 4,000 or something to make it through the primary. So I'm asking people all over, and they're saying, oh, I got you. Oh, you got my vote. Um, but you can't tell. I'm hearing it all over, Tom. Well, that's that's what I wondered, How your what your feelings were about how you might play in some of the other wards around the city. Um, because as, as I said, you're unbeatable in the first ward. Uh, nobody can take you in the first ward. Well, when you look at the wards, um, Second ward is similar to the first ward. I'm hearing it in the second ward. The third ward is somewhat similar, and the fifth ward is somewhat similar. I was down at the high rise by rallies, um, and I'm hearing it there. Um, I'm getting some action a little bit in the sixth ward. Um, on next Monday, um, we've got a debate and a forum with all three candidates over in the Mott Park area. I look forward to communicating with them. Yesterday, we was in the jail with the inmates who can vote absentee, about a hundred of them, and it seemed like I did very well there. And um, when it comes to the 7th, the 8th, and the 9th, you know, I don't know what's happening there, but I'm honestly telling you, I'm hearing it um, across the city. Will it translate into enough numbers? You know, Neely and Weaver, 205 votes separated them. It was 14,000 people voted. Um, Neely beat Weaver by 205 votes. Now you got a three-way race. We'll see if they um, the votes split evenly or will they be lopsided? You know, this one guy, he bet me a halo burger with olives on the <laughs> over and under. <laughs> you know, the over and under. So I want that halo burger with olives, and he wants that halo burger with olives. He's a mealy guy, and I'm a maze guy, and we bet the over and under. Well, let me let me ask you this. Those two, um, they, they ran against each other before, and... and People are saying they might be running against each other again. You'd like to see that change. You'd like to be one of the two that come out of the primary in two weeks. Um, how are those two different from each other, and how are you different from them? Well, when you look at um, the race between Walling, Dane Walling, Weaver and Mays, I came in third place. And then I teamed up with Weaver and helped push her through. But I'm the one, Tom, a lot of people don't know it, but I'm the one that 
came up with the strategy. I was trying to get Walling to declare the water emergency. I put the motion on the floor to go back to Detroit. He wouldn't do it. And then in late October of 2015, right before the November election, he he started listening, but it was too late. And so we got Weaver in there, and she declared the emergency. She used that strategy, and it worked. And so um, when it comes to Mr. Neely, um, you know, Mr. Neely, uh, we've got 74 million. It was 94 million. I've been working like the Dickens on the council to allocate that money for public safety. You got over, listen to me, not 800, not 8,000, but over 80,000 complaints backlogged in the detective bureau. And you don't need sworn police, uniform police officers to sort through those 80,000. You know, I've tried to get them to hire 20 or 30 civilians to sort through and get that stack of complaints under control. Crime is out of hand. Some people was in that stack eight, nine, ten times, and they need to be dealt with. We got weeds in the first ward all across the city. You can see them. It's like hay fields. If you've got 74, 94 million just sitting in your banking account, you're supposed to be taking care of stuff. We should have cameras all across the city dealing with blight and public safety. Um, you got those cameras on the meters downtown, but you don't have cameras um, up and down the streets all around. When you got that much money and you sit there, and, you know, I'm all in favor of Floyd McCree and Clarissa Shields, but all he gets to brag about, I placed a statue in front of City Hall. I named the street. People want action. People want leadership to get stuff done. We was able to get the emergency manager out, had a $24 million surplus. I was finance chair for the council, and now we're facing a $15 million general fund deficit, and this guy is talking using big words, but ain't no action. So it's a difference. With Weaver, I was able to get him to do some positive action. With Neely, you just get a lot of talk and then, you know, a lot of adjectives. So it's a big difference between the two, but I'm the action guy. I'm the guy who can make stuff happen. I've, I've done it on council. People might not like my delivery. They might not like some of the way I talk. But, I mean, when you look at what I've done, it ain't nowhere around it. I've made some stuff happen. I've been there consistently under three different mayors and three different council people. And the people who really know me, they keep voting for me. This is my ninth year, and I'm going for a promotion. Are you the longest serving uh, city council person now? Right now. But I think in the history of Flint, it was Scott Kincaid. I'm in my ninth year. Scott Kincaid went about 30, 31 years. Yeah, I was going to say, but he was on there from like the 50s or something. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but, but mostly, um, 
as it is now, there are a lot of new people on the council, and you have always uh, been a bit of a rabble rouser with the council, but you were trying to get things done. What? How does the council stack up now with all of the new people that are there? Well, this council kind of um, trips me out because time don't let nobody fool you. Every council person, all nine of them, and the mayor, those are the 10 elected officials in the city of Flint, nine council persons and one mayor, every last one of them, don't listen to nobody, say, oh, I ain't a politician, oh, I yes, you are, they all are, and all of them are ambitious. On the council, everybody wants to be the president, the vice, sit in the big chair, and it takes time to learn. Some, I've looked at this council, the first two, three months <laughs> went pretty smooth, and then when you got in the fourth and fifth month, <laughs> they they figured they had learned everything. And then Neely would call two or three of them down to his office and discombobulate them. And um, uh, a good mayor, he wouldn't call them individually and discombobulate them. A good mayor would come to council meetings with his or her staff, and they would sit there in an open forum and get things done. This council, um, you got politicians who want to be in leadership positions on the council too fast. You should stop and learn the mechanics. If you really know the charter, Tom, the only way the council can take action is by resolution or ordinance. And the city attorney's office should draw that resolution. You put it on the agenda, whether it's um, um, buying lawnmowers or personnel to cut weeds. You draw that resolution up. The city attorney have to draw it up. Then you bring it for a vote, and five or more votes take action. If the mayor don't agree with that action, he, he or she can veto it, and then six votes override the veto, and there's a law. So they haven't learned how to take action and be precise, yet they're still listening and excited of being there, and they want to be in leadership positions. It's no different than Kate Fields, Maurice Davis, Juan Twiz Davis. Council people get excited. They want to be leaders, and for some strange reason, you helped me with this, Tom, they figure if they can handle me or deal with me, it makes them a hero. I'm not the easiest guy to deal with. I've never had any problems with you. I mean, <laughs> you never come at me and attack me politically. Well, but you but you and I get along, and, and also I think people are really interested in what you're thinking. It's one thing, you know, to see you being removed from a meeting, but without talking to you, getting your side of it, how do people uh, really know what happened? Unless they really watch and listen. Hey, and hey, in uh, politics, Eric, 50%, yeah. Eric, I hate to interrupt, but I have to take a break here. Can you stick around for a few minutes and we'll talk some more? 
I love to. This right. the time. Mother's time. Summer's time. But, <laughs> oh, I, okay, I got it. That's time. Summer's time. And uh, we got Eric Mays, and um, we're going to talk some more with Eric after we let our broadcast partners squeeze a few words in or do whatever they do when we go to break. Hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, with Tom Sumner. I'm Julie Lopez with Crime Stoppers. Have you ever wondered what to do if you have information about a crime or the whereabouts of a felony fugitive and you want the police to know but you need to remain anonymous? Well, here's what you can do. You can go to p3tips.com or download the mobile app. You can go to Crime Stoppers of Flint and Genesee County's Facebook page and click on the Leave an Anonymous Tip tab, or you can call 1-800-422-JAIL. All methods are anonymous, and if your help leads to a felony arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. Remember, your voice matters. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention is working to help keep you and your community safe from the threat of novel or new coronavirus. If you have traveled to a country with a widespread outbreak of COVID-19, CDC recommends you stay home and check your health for 14 days after returning to the United States. Take your temperature with a thermometer two times a day. Watch for symptoms like fever, cough, and trouble breathing. And if you feel sick or have symptoms, call ahead before you go to a doctor's office or emergency room. Tell the doctor about your recent travel and your symptoms, and avoid contact with others. For more information, visit cdc.gov. Hey, this is Tom from the Tom Sumner Program. Catch me and a gaggle of great guests weekdays on Our Voices Radio, WFOVLP 92.1 FM. You never know who might drop by. Joe Biden from the Blue Hawaiian. Dan Serling. Congressman Dan Kildee. Alexander Zondrick. Actor, comedian Joe Napote. Woodrow Stanley. U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow. State Senator Jim Annan. Comedian Brian McCree. The unknown comic. Mark Farner. And Tom, I want you to know Tom's my friend. You know, you've always got great questions, and you know the material, and you, and you care about it, and it's, uh, it's that's impressive. Nice to be with you, Tom. And I admire you for reading all of that. I haven't read the whole thing. I've got willing to admit that. <laughs> hey, Tom. This is my favorite interview always. You, you, <laughs> it's like having coffee at the kitchen table with you. Tune in Monday through Friday from 9 to 12 right here on 92.1 of a Kind. And check out our website at TomSumnerProgram.com. Yo, speaking. Oh, dear. Honey, our car warranty is expiring again. So soon? It just expired last week. You don't even own a car! Not now, Dana. Your father's on the phone. Hey! Mom and Dad, you're being scammed! It's a robocall! Scammers are using new technology and clever tactics to make more and more calls that look legitimate, but are hard to trace. They can make it look like they're calling from any number, even from numbers of people you know. My robocall crackdown team is working with state and federal partners to stop the robocalls for good, but I need your guys' help. Don't trust your caller ID. Verify you're really talking to the person whose number appears when your phone rings. If you accidentally answer a robocall, hang up right away. Engaging in conversation will only lead to more calls. Use a call blocking app on your cell phone that stops robocalls before they interrupt your day. And if you do get a robocall, File a complaint with my office online at mi.gov slash robocalls. And mom, 
Dad, please do not give your information out to these scammers over the phone. They're just trying to trick you. Well, at least they call. No, I get it. You're busy. But you know, Janine's daughter is a doctor. She calls every week. A doctor. I'm Michigan Attorney General Dana Nessel. Visit mi.gov slash agcomplaints for your connection to consumer protection. Hey, this is First Ward City Councilman Eric Mays, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Hey, welcome back, everybody. We continue our conversation with City Councilman Eric Mays, who's one of the three candidates on the upcoming August 2nd primary for Flint City Mayor. And uh, he joins me by phone. Eric, welcome back. Thanks for sticking around. Sorry to make you sit through all that. I remember recording that promo. <laughs> you listening to, uh, this is First Ward Councilman Eric Mays. You're listening to the Tom Summer Show. That was nice. Tom, you've been in this business a long time. You're doing the community a great service. Well, I thank you for saying that, Eric. And um, but let's let's talk about uh, about community service and and this campaign for mayor and what you might do differently if elected mayor. Well, this is a very serious campaign. It's 2022. Um, you really want somebody who can get some stuff done. You know, Tom, look at the city of Flint, public safety. You shouldn't have to call the police, whether it's to your home, and wait an hour, half an hour, two hours. You shouldn't have to get in a car accident and the car sit in the street for a half an hour, hour. Um, you shouldn't have... $94 million from the federal government sitting there. And you know how the government works. If it sits there, you're not going to get no more till you spend it. And when you're trying to recruit police officers, you got to pay them the same wage or better than in Schwartz Creek, Mount Morris, and the surrounding areas. Don't you train them? You get them all set, and then they go for the higher wage. You got to use this money to make salaries proper um, or better. You got to use it for TV commercials, radio commercials to recruit officers and get your numbers back up. And, you know, public safety in government is number one. Um, once you get a safe city, a reputation of a safe city, then you want a nice city. You shouldn't get to a corner and have to inch out there because weeds are in the right of way. You shouldn't come into a city and at the expressway, you can see beautiful expressways and you get to plant and off of 475, you got weeds. You shouldn't be in the first ward, the fourth ward, and see mattresses and stuff dumped around. Tom, when you've got 70 to $94 million sitting there and a mayor does not provide leadership to show and demonstrate to the residents how to have a better quality of life, something is wrong. I'm here to tell you, I know mechanically how to fix some stuff in Flint. I'm the type of guy, it's not just the first ward. 
If I'm elected mayor and I demonstrate that I can provide a better quality of life for everybody, people going to see it, they're going to touch it, they're going to feel it. I remember Don Williamson, he wanted to do the streets, and he did a lot with the streets. And so regardless of people's personalities, their thoughts, what you got to look at is how to serve the community, how to take care of people. This money we have not only can help in the area of public service, I mean public safety and blight, it can get into people's homes. I mean, we can set 10 to 20 million aside. We can help people with roofs, vinyl siding, windows. We can give it to agencies to help with outstanding water bills and so forth and so on. Tom, let me say this and I'll take a breath. I had a lot to do with declaring the emergency in the city of Flint, that strategy I brought lawyers in. I'm so upset that Gretchen Whitmer and Mr. Neely, who was not in that fight with me, agreed to settle that lawsuit, try to wrap it up and put a bow on it, and then in the criminal prosecutions, Gretchen Whitmer and Dana Nessel and them blew it. Todd Flood had did an excellent job, and then they dismissed him, dismissed the charges, and here recently fumbled the ball with a one-man grand jury. I want people to sit back. Let me have a shot at this. Let me prove something. And it looked like a lot of people are going to vote Mays. They're saying to me, um, a lot of people... Um, don't understand you. I understand you. I'm both made. I'm giving you a shot. But I know. I ain't guessing. I guarantee you I can make a better quality of life in the city of Flint in that leadership role. A council person makes about 500 every two weeks. The mayor makes 5000 every two weeks. I know why they want these positions. It's got something to do with the pay. But I'm interested in the position to prove something. I want to prove that you can make Flint better. Eric, you were talking about public safety and how to recruit and train police officers. Um, Flint is known as being a pretty tough town. It, it's, it's got high rates of gun violence and has had for many years. Um, how many cops would it take? We hear all the time that we don't have enough, but how many would it take, and, and how, how, how would they go about curbing the gun violence we have in Flint? Well, when you hear, hear me talk about recruiting and getting the officers up in the patrol bureau, you've also got to look at what I'm trying to articulate as far as fixing the detective bureau. I'm telling you, Tom, um, right now, let's say if you got six cars per ship, you might want to have 10 or 12 cars per ship. But more importantly, listen to me now, more importantly is those 8,000, 80,000, not eight, not 800, 80,000 complaints backlogged in the detective bureau. People are filing complaints on people. 
they telling on the bad guys. But if you don't process them complaints and pick people up and prosecute them, then crime stacks up over itself. And it's been doing that under the Neely and Weaver administration. So what you have to do, you have to bring in about 30 civilians to help the detective bureau sort through that, process them, get them over to the prosecutor, and pluck some of these bad folks off the street. Gun violence is a problem nationwide. Flint is a smaller city than Chicago. Flint is a smaller city than Los Angeles and New York. It's manageable. People are telling on people. But if you tell on somebody, file a police complaint, and then they get backlogged in the detective bureau, it's a problem. We've got to bring our detective bureau up to speed like you see on CSI and all these TV shows, we got to do a better job in the detective bureau. So that's interesting, Eric. Nobody ever talks about that. We always hear about we need to see more cops on the street. There need to be more cars on patrol, but nobody talks about the administrative follow-up to these cases that are sitting there. And I think that's uh, I think that's fascinating, Eric. That's profound. And so if you, when you talk public safety, you've got to talk patrol and detective bureau. If you don't hear a candidate understanding that, talking about that, you don't vote for them. You vote for Mays because I understand it. It's true. You can fact check me. And I guarantee you, I know how to make Flint safer than it is now and take some of these ignorant folks off the street. What are some of the other things that you would uh, that you would take on that, that maybe others aren't really paying enough attention to? Um, when you look at this 94 million um, time and you look at, I'm going to say the fourth ward, the second ward and the first ward. When General Motors left, you know, we used to have 80,000 GM workers. Now we got about 8,000. I was a committee man at Flint Truck and Bus. People elected me. I won my one vote. I had to represent a lot of grown folks. But when you look at this 94 million, you got a lot of empty lots. That's where they dump at. They dump at the empty lots. Weeds is everywhere. The land bank can't keep up with it. One of the things that you can do, I mean, you can build new houses on those empty lots. When you build a new house on the empty lot and the people move in, <clears throat> they put their flat screen TVs in, they got their furniture. You ain't going to have high weeds. You ain't going to have people dumping in the midnight hour. And so you've got to do some new bills. And when you show as a city that you can do new bills in these wards that I mentioned, people will then invest their own money to have a similar house. You can have a lot. You can have a house now in the city of Flint on three lots. When General Motors was here, 
and they was just building a lot of houses, these little lots. But you can now do a new bill on two and three lots, and you will think you're in grand blank. You know, when you talk about the COVID relief dollars coming in, that's a one-time thing. Um, are, are you concerned about picking out things that will be long-term fixes or because there are so many things to do. You're exactly right. Bingo. You don't want to blow this money. You want to do some things that can last long-term. You want to do some things to demonstrate um, in the problem areas what can be done, and then you're going to try to attract um, private investment. I got a call, thanks to Jim Ananick, about a week or two ago. Senator Ananick, he told um, some people, you want to talk to this guy. Guess who the people was, um, Tom? Who? It was those people from Ashley Capital um, that's putting in, in about a $300 million investment into the Buick City property and plan to create about 3,000 jobs. So when Anderson called me, I said, yeah. He said, I think they better get to know you. And so I met him at the White Horse, brought about three, four people with me. And they say, we want to contribute to your campaign for mayor. I said, I ain't been raising no money. I ain't been taking no money. I'm just <laughs> word of mouth. <laughs> and they was looking at me. I say, but let me say this. Y'all some big timers. Y'all some private investors. That's what Flint needs. I said, I'm going to take your check. I took my first check of $1,050 from um, this group that's coming in. I sat and talked with them for an hour. And I filed my campaign finance statement, I think the due date is tomorrow. And I say, I want the public to see that not only do the people in the first ward like me, but um, y'all like me, y'all talking with me, and um, I'm talking with y'all. And I want to highlight that one campaign contribution from these private investors. And then um, I say, who else did you talk to? They say, we talked to um, Neely, you, the chairman of the Genesee County Board of Commissioners, and Jim Ananick, four people. I say, well, that's a blessing that I'm in that crowd of people that you think can help with private investment. So the government money is a one-time shot. You must use it to demonstrate things that will people can feel and touch and, and it's real and then you have to have relationships with private money as well so I'm telling you Tom if I can't help the city of Flint I'll resign I ain't resigned in nine years and don't plan to do it now if people give me a shot at this and vote maze they gonna be pleasantly surprised um, Eric, don't don't you think that um, blight should be included with with infrastructure projects and targeted with uh, COVID relief money? Because you only have to tear a house down once. 
Um, when you say bright included with infrastructure projects, when I look at infrastructure, I look at stuff like the pipes under the ground. Agreed. I look at streets. I look at um, bridges and things of that nature. Yep. We talk infrastructure. And so, you know. But if you fix a I bridge, that'll last a long time. More on top of the, I think blight is more on top and visible. Blight to me is old tow-up houses, um, weeds, trash sitting everywhere. I'm missing um, what you're saying. Help me understand it. Okay, if you fix a bridge, it lasts a long time. Mm -hmm. If you remove a blighted house, that lasts a long time. You only have to tear that house down once. It just seems like you might want to include some of the the blight cleanup in those those one-time things you can do with COVID relief. Well, we have. We just transferred sixteen million of the ninety-four million to the land bank, and we're fixing to tear down a thousand to two thousand blighted structures. I did an amendment to that sixteen million. And I was able to pass the vote. The amendment that I proposed is each council person in each of their wards with that $16 million help the land bank point out which houses are to be tore down that pass. I've got my list in my ward right now of 161 houses. I'm switching about 20 around because they had overlooked some. So I'm taking some off and putting some on. So when it comes to that type of blighted infrastructure, I agree with you 100%. But once we tear down, we need to build back up. Don't you going have a problem with some of those empty lots? We have enough money to do some of both times, and so we need the leadership. But if I ask you the question, Tom, what would you rather see me do? And we can do both of them, don't get me wrong. Would you rather see me fix the public safety problem or would you rather see me um, do something else? I think it's enough money where we can do some things in both areas, public safety, blight, and infrastructure. Well, I think... One of the things that you have to consider, I think, Eric, and, and, and I think that you are, is when you, when you talk about public safety, that's an ongoing expense. If you hire 50 more police officers, whether you park them in the detective bureau or have them in patrol cars, um, that's an ongoing expense. If you tear down let a house you this, or fix a bridge. Let me, let me ask you this question, Tyler. Have you ever been at home and somebody shot up your house? Have you ever been driving in your car on Dort Highway and somebody shot up your car with you in it? When it comes to public safety, you only get one life. <laughs> a life is an ongoing asset. I don't disagree you don't with you at all, I don't disagree with you at all. I'm just saying with one-time money, 
we ought to try and steer it toward one-time fixes. Let me say this. I don't think when you're dealing with the state of Michigan and the federal government, it has to be one-time money. Uh, in Flint, when we do a budget, we do $150 million to $200 million every year. The state of Michigan does a billion. The federal government does trillions. I don't think when you rely on help from the state and federal government, it have to be one-time money. I think you have to spend it effectively, show what you can do, and then be strong enough to go and get more. They got billions and trillions. Eric, um, you said you were doing mostly a word-of-mouth campaign, but how can people um, find out about your campaign? And I'm thinking about not just people in the First Ward, but from around the city. Um, how, how can they reach out to you and, and try and help with that campaign in the, in the remaining Well, word-of-mouth is my mouth your mouth, other people's mouth, your radio station. People are already talking. People are already voting absentee. They got them. I've got people telling me, I voted for you, I voted for you. We'll see how many. But my cell number that I've worked off of for nine years as a council person, you can call city council office and get that number, but I always give it out. My cell number is eight one zero nine two two forty eight sixty eight one zero that's the main area code for the city of Flint eight one zero and then my cell number is nine two two forty eight sixty well, Eric, thank you so much for spending this time with me and the listeners this morning, and I wish you the best of luck as always. I, I always salute people that are willing to roll up their sleeves and, and do something about the things they see going wrong. I want to thank you, Tom, for over the years. You've always been nice to me. We've talked, we've laughed, we've talked serious, <laughs> we've joked, and this is a very serious election. I'm asking for as many votes. I want people to talk word of mouth. The campaign is going very well. I would think of the Kentucky Derby. I had bet on the three in the ten horse, just past Kentucky Derby, at the last minute. That long shot, number 21, came and beat them all. I'm the long shot. I'm asking for votes. <laughs> all right. All right. Well, Eric, it's always a pleasure talking with you. Thanks so much, and uh, and good luck. Keep up the Thanks, good work. Thanks, God bless you. God bless the citizens of the city of Flint. Take care. That was uh, Eric Mays. He is uh, one of three candidates that will be on the ballot in just under two weeks. Uh, the top two will go on to the November election for mayor of the city of Flint. We'll have more straight ahead. Old-fashioned radio For a new generation Tom Sumner Program.com The Tom Sumner 
TomSumnerProgram.com The Tom Sumner Program.com From the Tom Sumner Show oh. Hey, <laughs> And guess what? You're listening to the Tom Sumner Show right now. And now, and now too, and even now. It's 2022, and this year the Tom Sumner Program begins its 15th year. It would not be here without support through the years from individuals and organizations like these. Seth David Radwell, East Village Magazine, Flint Institute of Music, Hello, I'm Maestro Ricky DeMagno, Flint Community School, MTA Flint, Flint Comics and Entertainment, Hamity Complete Food Center, The Flint River Watershed Coalition, WH Wisecarver, The Genesee County Road Commission, Lone Museum Auto Fair, Thomas Appliance, The Genesee Health Plan, Quiplet Technology, My Community College, it's Pure Michigan. Friends on Facebook have also helped by contributing to the show's online fundraisers two or three times a year. If you would like to help the Tom Sumner program continue to thrive by becoming a sponsor, send an email of interest to Tom at TomSumnerProgram.com. Add your name to the list of supporters, past, present, and future. Right now, the COVID-19 vaccines are available to millions of Americans, and soon, they will be available to everyone. This vaccine means hope. It will protect you and those you love from this dangerous and deadly disease. I want to go back to work, and I want to be able to move around. To visit with Michelle's mom, to hug her and see her on her birthday. You know what I'm really looking forward to is going to opening day in Texas Rangers Stadium with a full stadium. We've lost enough people and we've suffered enough damage. In order to get rid of this pandemic, it's important for our fellow citizens to get vaccinated. I'm getting vaccinated because we want this pandemic to end as soon as possible. So we urge you to get vaccinated when it's available to you. So roll up your sleeve and do your part. This is our shot. Now it's up to you. Do you ever feel like you need an attitude adjustment? Are you wishing there was a magic pill or a new app for your mobile device? Why don't you try live local music? Music can make you dance, bring back fond memories, inspire you to be more creative, whether you attend a child's school concert or recital, go to a local symphony concert, Visit local bars and restaurants that feature dance music, sing-along piano, or jazz and blues. Music could be just what you're looking for. Supporting live local music is more than a way to support your local artists and economy. It's a great way to improve your own quality of life. Support live local music. This message is brought to you from the Dana. Dana? Something must be wrong. She never calls. Dana? What's wrong? Take this down. 
She's stranded on the side of the road. I'm not. She needs us to send her an Amazon gift card. I don't. And she'll use it to pay the tow truck driver. I won't. Mom, Dad, that's not me. It's a scam. Scam artists will call, text, or email people trying to get them to buy a gift card from Amazon or some other company, and then ask for the gift card number over the phone. Remember, gift cards are for gifting, not for paying people. If someone asks for payment using a gift card from Amazon, Target, or some other store, it's a scam. Hang up or delete the message. These scammers are awful. Wish they'd pretend to be her brother sometimes. Be nice to hear from him. For more tips on avoiding scams, visit michigan.gov ag for your connection to consumer protection. Oh, I get the uneasy feeling Rod Serling is behind one of those doors. Rod Serling. Rod Serling. What's this, the Twilight Zone? Where is everybody? I would have been headed for the Twilight Zone. Twilight Zone. If I go any lower, I'll be in the Twilight Zone. All right. Oh, but Jethro's right at home in the Twilight Zone. <laughs> I'm in the Twilight Zone. Now, having made this little jaunt into the Twilight Zone, I got a feeling something strange is about to happen. In the Twilight Zone. Hi, this is Ann Serling, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. this presentation of the Comedy Spotlight on the Tom Sumner Program. Uh, I'd like to have an argument, please. Certainly, sir. Have you been here before? No, I haven't. This is my first time. I see. Well, do you want to have just one argument, or were you thinking of taking a course? Well, what is the cost? Well, it's one pound for a five-minute argument, but only eight pounds for a course of ten. Well, I think it would be best if I perhaps started off with just the one and then see how it goes. Fine. Well, I'll see who's free at the moment. Uh, Mr. DeBakey's free, but he's a little bit conciliatory. Ah, yes. Try Mr. Barnard, room 12. Thank you. What do you want? Well, I was told outside that... Don't give me that, you snotty-faced heap of parrot droppings. What? Shut your festering gob, your tit. Your type really makes me puke, you vacuous, coffee-nosed, malodorous pervert. Look, I came here for an argument. I'm not going to just... Oh, it. oh, I'm sorry, but this is abuse. Oh, I see. Well, that explains oh, it. Oh, yes. You want room 12A just along the corridor. Oh, thank you very much. Sorry. Not at all. Thank you. Stupid git. Come in. Uh, is this the right room for an argument? I've told you once. No, you haven't. Yes, I have. When? Just now. No, you didn't. I did. Didn't. Did. Didn't. I'm telling you, I did. You did not. Oh, I'm sorry, just one moment. Um, is this a five-minute argument or the full half hour? Oh, just the uh, five minutes. Ah, thank you. Anyway, I did. You most certainly did not. Look, let's get this thing clear. I quite definitely told you. No, you did not. Yes, I did. No, you didn't. Yes, I did. No, you didn't. Yes, I did. No, you didn't. Yes, I did. You didn't. Did. Well, look, this isn't an argument. Yes, it is. No, it isn't. It's just contradiction. No, it isn't. It is. It is not. Look, you just contradicted me. I did not. Oh, you did. No, no, no. You did just then. Nonsense. Oh, this is futile. No, it isn't. I came here for a good argument. No, you didn't. No, you came here for an argument. Well, an argument isn't just contradiction. Can be? No, it can't. An argument is a connected series of statements intended to establish a proposition. No, it isn't. Yes, it is. It's not just contradiction. Look, if I argue with you, I must take up a contrary position. Yes, but that's not just saying, no, it isn't. Yes, it is. No, it isn't. Argument is an intellectual process. Contradiction is just the automatic gainsaying of any statement the other person makes. No, it isn't. Yes, it is. Not at all. No, no. Good morning. What? That's it. Good morning. I was just getting interested. Sorry, five minutes is up. That was never five minutes. I'm afraid it was. It wasn't. I'm sorry, but I'm not allowed to argue anymore. What? 
If you want me to go on arguing, I'll have to pay for another five minutes. Yes, but that was never five minutes just now. Oh, come on. Look, this is ridiculous. I'm sorry, but I'm not allowed to argue unless you've paid. Oh, all right. Thank you. Well? Well, what? That wasn't really five minutes just now. I told you I'm not allowed to argue unless you've paid. I just paid. No, you didn't. I did. No, you didn't. Uh, look, I don't want to argue about it. Well, that. you didn't pay. Ah, uh-huh. if I didn't pay, why are you arguing? I've got you. No, you haven't. Yes, I have. If you're arguing, I must have paid. Not necessarily. I could be arguing in my spare time. Oh, I've had enough of this. No, you haven't. Oh, shut up. I want to complain. You want to complain? Look at these shoes. I've only had them three weeks and the heels are worn right through. No, I want to complain. If about... you complain, nothing happens. You might as well not bother. Oh. And my back hurts and we're in a fine day and I'm sick and tired of this office. Hello, I want to... Oh! No, no, no. Hold your head like this. Then you Wow! Try it again. Oh! Better, better, but wow, wow. Put your hand there. No. Now. Wow! Ah! Good, that's it. Stop hitting me. What? Stop hitting me. Stop hitting you? Yes. Why did you come in here, then? I wanted to complain. Oh, no, that's next door. It's being hit on the head lessons in here. What a stupid concept. Dennis Moore, Dennis Moore, is not in this This was another comedy spotlight on the Tom Sumner program.
Hey, that wraps it up for today's edition of the Tom Sumner Program, taking a look at the candidates for mayor of the city of Flint, starting with this last hour, Eric May, city council uh, person for the first ward, is one of the three candidates. In the middle hour, we had an encore with Karen Weaver. She's also on the ballot coming up uh, August 2nd, just less than two weeks, and starting out this morning with incumbent mayor, Sheldon Neely. So we had all three of the candidates on the show today. That's Smoking George tickling the ivories, sending me down the hall to the living room. But I'll be back tomorrow. Good night, everybody. It's a live variety show. We want to acknowledge all of our guests who play such an important role in the show and our cavalcade of cohorts from coast to coast for their regular contributions. Most of the musical accompaniment was provided by people in or from the Flint area. Many of the pre-recorded portions of the Tom Sumner program are made possible by Flint's own Steve McComb and Pencil Sketch Recording in Nashville, Tennessee. If you have comments, questions or suggestions about the show, find us on Facebook. This is Prue Clearwater. Join us next time for another edition of the Tom Sumner program. And thanks for listening.